In today's episode, I am chatting with Lawan Moses. She is a coach, a podcaster, a productivity and success strategist, and we really dig into the topic of how to escape mom guilt. And actually her perspective on mom guilt is fascinating. So absolutely listen for that. It is a topic I haven't really gotten into a ton in the podcast, and it's something that's so pervasive and really affects all of us. So it's really interesting. We talk a lot about unrealistic expectations that we place on ourselves as moms and, you know, that feeling of should and where that comes from. It's a great chat. She has an incredible perspective on how we can shift our mindset because it is okay to go after our own dreams, to be a little selfish, and we can still be great moms while doing something fulfilling outside of motherhood. So I really hope you enjoy and here we go. Welcome to the Around the Campfire podcast. They say it takes a village to raise a child, but I believe it also takes a village to raise a mom. I'm your host, Jillian Benke, the founder of Mom Camp, and each episode I chat with busy moms who are doing awesome things in life and work. Join us for real conversation and community, because this is your village. This is the Around the Campfire podcast. Hi, Luan, and welcome to the Around the Campfire podcast. Hi, Jillian. How are you? I am so glad to be here today. I am great. Thank you. And I am very glad you're here. It's funny, as I was researching you in preparation for this podcast, I was like, oh my God, we have so many things that are aligned in what we say for moms, what we do for moms. And it's just, it's so great to find somebody that's sort of singing from the same song sheet, right? Yeah, <laughs> it just, it is. It's always great to have someone that you can relate to and that can relate to you as well. So I think exactly. Wonderful. Exactly. Okay. So can you start by introducing yourself, who you're a mom to, and all of that? Hi, everyone. So my name is Lawan Moses, and I am a mom. I have two girls who are age 11 and 13, and I have a son who is 19. Mm. I am also a productivity and success strategist that helps working moms to master their mindset, own their time, so that they can make money moves. Amazing. So how, what is the typical mindset of a working mom? I just want to ask that question. Well, the typical mindset is anything like I was a few years ago mm-hmm. before I started this journey. So probably seven years ago when I first started on this journey, if it's anything like I was back then, working moms are feeling overwhelmed, busy, mm-hmm. like they're losing their mind. There's not enough time <laughs> to do anything that they love and enjoy. It is like they're going crazy, giving everything to everyone. And then at the end of the day, they are feeling completely wiped out, burnt out, and have done nothing to take care of themselves or make themselves happy. Yes. That sounds so familiar. Yeah. That yes. is, yeah. And so then you work with moms to help them sort of reset the mindset? Yes. So I work with moms to kind of help us figure out how we can own our definition of motherhood. Because mm. in my opinion, just when we become mothers, For some reason, there's this unwritten law or something that we've always followed to where as soon as we become mothers or wives or whatever it is, we have to give our everything to everyone Mm -hmm. and we don't reserve anything for ourselves. So I kind of help moms to really sit back and think about what it is that 
and remember what it is that they truly love and enjoy the things that bring them happiness outside of their families, the things that they love to do when they were just women and really get in touch with those things and realize that you can incorporate that into your mom life without Mm -hmm. feeling guilty and without feeling like you're sacrificing your family time. A hundred percent. And you have the more than a mother podcast. I mean, basically that's exactly that, right? Yes. I have, yeah. So I have the more than a mother podcast and that's where we believe you can pursue your dreams and be a great mom at the same time. So we do a mm-hmm. lot of those empowering conversations, a lot of that mindset work and have a lot of those conversations and just show moms that are either working moms or business moms who are making it all work together to pursue their passions, work their full-time jobs if that's what they do, and then also raise their family and give everything to everyone while still feeling fulfilled as a person. Amazing. Amazing. All right. So what we're really going to dig into today is the topic of mom guilt, but I have a question before we go there, and it will probably just lead there, is when you're talking about helping moms know that it's okay to be a great mom and pursue their dreams. Do you ever come across those moms that are, or not, I don't want to say those moms. I don't actually know if they're, but do you ever come across women that feel it's selfish to have a dream beyond motherhood? Most definitely. And I mean, I would say even myself felt it was selfish at one point in time, But even to those moms that I come across that have that resistance and feel like they really can't do anything outside of their household or their kids, I just like to let them know, and your listeners also can hear this message as well, is that sometimes it's okay to be selfish. I mean, Mm -hmm. we always think of selfish with such a negative connotation, but if we think about it, there is, we all have needs as individuals. So if that requires us to kind of reclaim that time and be a little bit selfish about things that we love and enjoy, there's really nothing that is wrong with that. But for some reason, we kind of tell ourselves that there's something wrong with that as mom mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. as women. And as we look around at everyone around us, we're giving everything to everyone. We're giving, 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 and people are taking, 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 but we're getting very little in return. So we're kind of giving away that power. And that's where... And it has a lot to do with the guilt because we feel like this is what we have to do. But if we look at those around us, the men in our lives, spouses, husbands, they are great. They are fantastic. But we don't see them second guessing a lot of times when they have things Mm -hmm. they want to do outside the house. Our kids, we're pouring into them and making sure that they are happy. So why should we feel guilty and why should we feel that it's selfish if we say, hey, I need to take this time for myself because I need to pour into myself. So we may see it as selfish, but when you really look down at the bottom line, it's really basic human needs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 100%. Okay. Before we really get going on the mom guilt conversation, can you sort of take me back or take us back, I should say, everybody, and tell us how you got into this work? I mean, was there sort of a revelation where you realized and had to change things for yourself in your own life and then just became super passionate about sharing it? Or have you just always been preaching this? I have not always been preaching this. So yes, there's always a story that goes with every information and every revelation that we have. So mine has been a series of events, sequence of events that have brought me to this point. So I will give you the Cliff Notes version because all of it is not relevant to everything that's happening right now. But I became a mom when I was 18 years old. 
So mm. I went from being a child to being someone's mom. So I never really had that whole being an adult, not having a kid, that whole experience. So right. from the time I graduated high school, I was somebody's mother. So someone always depended on me. I went through a series of trials and tribulations and realized that my son was like the reason that I needed to live. And I mm. became like developed this mindset to be determined to succeed. So I went ahead, got college education, two degrees, got my career, just like constantly reaching for the next level, married, more children. And it was around uh, when I hit 30. So that was like 2013. When I think a lot of women moms have that revelation period around that 28 to 30. Mm -hmm. So around those years, I um, just really looked around and saw how miserable I was. It was like, I worked so hard to prove that I wasn't going to be a statistic. So I worked so hard to get my degree, get my education, make this career, make this life. I refuse to be a statistic. And I got to this point and it's like, okay, I did all this, but why am I still miserable? Right. So at that moment that I kind of looked around, it's like, I'm miserable, miserable because on the outside, I'm doing all these things on the outside to reach these accomplishments. I'm pouring into everyone around me, but I really have not given anything to myself. I've lost sight of who I was in this constant determination to succeed. So while I was doing stuff to get to certain levels, I was not meeting my basic human needs. Mm. So that was around seven years ago when I really started on my personal development journey, which has kind of evolved over the years, just me taking back some of my time, stepping into my dreams, remembering things that I love and all of that. And then it really hit a kind of uh, head, a big transformation moment. A few years ago, 2017 is when there were some changes at my job and I was up for a promotion and I was clearly had the skills, the qualification, but then they chose someone else. And it was kind of like that blow, like, okay, I know I was more than qualified for this position. So what happened? And it was then that I realized that I was, again, pouring everything into my job and all of that, that I was not tapping into my skills and talents and things that made me happy. So that really took me on that journey to kind of go back into the things I love and enjoy outside of working full time. And it's really evolved to what now has become through some more transformation moments now has become more than a mother and this matches that I'm out here preaching and telling and talking about each and every day. Amazing. Amazing. And do you still have that job or did you yes. end up? You do. Okay. So I still have that job Yeah, and everything is going well. I mean, it's kind of, I see things as a blessing in disguise because if I did take that position, then I probably would have been wrapped up more in that job that I wouldn't be able to do these things that I'm able to do now outside of work because I would have had more of a supervision leadership role. So it really kind of relinquished me of a lot of responsibilities with the changes Mm -hmm. that we had in the unit. So it kind of freed up my time where I could really just be an employee at that time, go to work. And at this time, go to work, do what I need to do at work, yep. and then use my lunch hours, my breaks, my yep. evenings to build my business and really pursue my passion. So it was kind of a blessing in disguise. It's amazing how those things happen, hey? Yes. I believe everything happens for a reason, and we may not understand it at the time, but it soon reveals itself. It's so true. It's so true. All right. So let's talk more about mom guilt. How do you define it? How do you see it manifesting for people? Well, the first thing I always tell people, which makes a lot of people laugh, and I say this on all of my podcast interviews, is that mom guilt one is a lie. So that is my definition. (laughs) Mom guilt is a lie. Okay. Unpack that definition. Yes, please. (laughs) Yes. 
So to me, mom guilt is a lie because if we think about where does it really come from? Mom guilt comes from those messages, those negative messages that we kind of tell ourselves that we kind of have to be this superhero, be this icon of motherhood that has to constantly be doing things for our kids 24 hours, seven days a week. We have to be there. We're focusing on meeting all of their needs. And the minute that we don't or the minute something goes wrong, we feel guilty and we tell ourselves that we're a horrible mom. We're not doing a good job. And we give ourselves these negative messages. So Mm -hmm. I say it's a lie because it's really something that we're manifesting in ourselves because the way that we are so quick to believe negative things, we should be able to believe those positive things as well. So when it comes to mom guilt, it's like we will forget the 50 great things that we did in a day with our kids and our family. And we'll just focus on that one moment where I may have said, okay, I need to go take a walk by myself. Or I had a bad quote unquote, bad mommy moment where I may have lost (laughs) my temper, whatever it is. We'll focus on that one moment. And all of a sudden we're this horrible mom and we're feeling so bad, but forgetting about the 50 other great things that we've done during the day. Absolutely. So where do you think those expectations come from? You know, that we have to do it all perfect. I really don't know. When we think about it, I would say, I mean, if we look, think back to TV way back when, and we had right. the Cleavers, Leeward That's Dune exactly Cleavers, what I was thinking. All of those shows. I mean, depending on your age, you may not remember those shows, but you had the Brady Bunch, things of those yep. shows like that, that kind of showed us the moms that were in the house, they were making the meals, everything was so perfect, everyone was happy, they were meeting everyone's needs, and everyone had dinner together and it just all flowed so well that somehow I feel like mothers for generations have taken what we've seen on screen and kind of Mm -hmm. felt like this is what life has to be like. It's so true. Yeah. You know, it's so funny though. Like, so June Cleaver, I'm thinking, okay, well those kids probably were outside the house 90% of the day playing outside, you know, climbing trees, running, doing whatever. So she had a lot of time. You know, she didn't go to work. So she had a lot of time to herself, actually, thinking about it. And then thinking about Mrs. Brady, she had Alice. Alice, right. She had a housekeeper who answered the door. Like, she did everything. Right. And so I'm not actually 100% sure what Mrs. Brady did during the day. So I feel like these women that we're basing these perfection ideals on, And, you know, the perfect hair and the perfect makeup and perfect clothes and all of that for the time. (laughs) I wouldn't wear them now. Um, But, you know, that actually, if you look at what they're presenting, it wasn't achievable in mainstream society, right? Exactly. And it never was. But for some reason, we feel that way. And even if we think back to when women were inside the home, and I feel like that has kind of carried over from generations. I mean, there were a time that women were inside the home. We weren't working outside the home. So yes, there was more to do or more we could do. And I think as the evolution of motherhood and womanhood occurred, our mindsets kind of stayed back to where our parents or grandparents or whoever were in the home, the moms were in the home, grandmas were in the home, and they were able to do so much for their kids that we're comparing ourselves to times of times past, but not giving ourselves that credit to realize that we're dealing with a whole lot more right now than moms back then were dealing with. I mean, that was what their job was. They were Mm -hmm. in the home taking care of the kids, 
that was their job. But now we're at a point where women mothers are working outside of the home. So we kind of have these unrealistic expectations that we're supposed to be like moms of times past, but yet work outside the home and there are all these kids activities and everything. So we're just beating ourselves up because we just feel like we're not reaching whatever level of motherhood we have, like this Mm -hmm. icon of perfect motherhood in our head that we should be achieving. It's so true. Okay. So how do we break that cycle? How do we overcome that trap or that lie of mom guilt? Well, the first thing I would say is one, you have to understand your why. And I tell people to understand their why because it's different for everyone. What makes me feel guilty as a mom is not going to make the next person feel guilty as a Mm. mom. So it's kind of understanding why am I feeling this way? Having those self-reflection moments, those quiet moments to where you can understand how did I get here? What has happened in my life? What things are happening in my daily life that put me on in this place, put me on this path? What makes me feel this way and why do I feel that way? So that's really the first part is you have to understand why. Because if you Mm -hmm. don't understand why, then you can't really start to fix it and switch the messaging. So once you understand why, it's up to you to start kind of, I call it silencing your inner mean mom. So totally. You got to, you have to switch up that internal messaging. It's a lot of self-forgiveness because for some reason we don't forgive ourselves for things. Like I said, we'll focus on the one uh, time that we may have lost our temper and not focus on the 25 times that we played with our kids that day. So forgiving ourselves, valuing ourselves and knowing that we are important, we're women, we're people, and we have every right to feel fulfilled. So once we start switching up those messages that we tell ourselves, mm-hmm. because we're so quick to always believe the negative, but I did a lot with positive affirmations when I was on my journey. I mean, I believe in those Even if you have to lie to yourself at times and you don't believe that you are the greatest person ever, eventually you do start to believe that. So you're kind of switching up those, replacing those negative messages with positive messages Mm. and forgiving yourself and really making that intention daily to look at the brighter side of situations, look at the things you did succeed at and not focus on those things that you may have not had your best moments. And it's really just, it's an active practice and something that has to really be done daily. It's so true. I think even before the why, I would add in that it's important to understand that they are lies we're telling ourselves in the first place, you know, to drive you to get curious, to want to find that why, but to know first that this isn't real. The things that you are setting yourself up against as expectations that are causing the guilt because you feel like you're not meeting them aren't real. And so then going back to that why, like, why are you feeling this way? Where did this come from? Where did this story come from? Why do you believe it? You know, it's, those are great, great steps. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. It's so, it's just insidious, really. And probably social media is paying into this a little bit as well, sort of reaffirming our belief that we're not measuring up, right? Yeah, social media is a big culprit. And I tell everyone that, that social media are those snapshots that we're seeing of people's lives. I mean, we see, and a lot of moms will compare ourselves to maybe the influencer moms or those that have the kids that are dressed alike and families dressed alike. The picture is just perfect. And we're comparing ourselves like, wow, how did they get everyone dressed like everyone smiling? No (laughs) one's having a breakdown, but we don't think about what was happening before they took that snapshot. They could have one kid or a couple of kids running around like crazy, but 
like when moms that are influencers, that's their job. That's what they're doing on social media. So it's hmm. up to them to present these moments and present these scenes. But we really can't be deceived by this is just enough. This is a job that a mom is taking on right now. A mommy influencer who is are promoting these products, having their kids dressed up and doing all these posts every day. We have to really start to see the difference between what is a job and then what is reality? Because a lot mm-hmm. of those moms that I know and have talked to, it's like, yes, this is what we have to do. This is what we're doing. This is what's making us money. But before I took that picture, my kids were running around like crazy. One was spazzing out. Yeah, I have a mom wife just like everyone else. But we are so quick to compare ourselves to those perfect images. We're so quick to label things goals. And it's like, we really don't even know what that person's real life is. And I think that's one thing that makes me cringe and kind of shake my head all the time is when I see people are so quick to say, oh, that's mom goals. Oh, that's relationship goals. It's like, no, that should not be a goal because you really don't know what that person's life is like behind closed doors. It's so true. Um, I I don't know if you know about Jillian Harris. She was the bachelorette. Um, She's super popular here because we're in Canada and she was Canadian and yay. Uh, <laughs> but I follow her. She has a ton of followers right. and um, she has what you would think is the perfect house. And it's, it, everything seems picture perfect, but she had the best post the other day where it was her beautiful. She has the most amazing laundry room you've ever seen. And then the next picture, if you swipe right, is her sitting on the floor and she is surrounded by piles of laundry. Her dog is like in her face and she has the most defeated look on her face. And she was sharing that she actually has two people that help her with her home. And I I think her kids, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but she has two people and they were, I think both on vacation or one of them was on vacation. And that was the person that did most of the house stuff. And she was not keeping up and she was not okay. And she said, I do not want you guys to think that we do this on our own, you know? And they also, she said, I, we use our home for work so much because so many of their photo shoots are in their home that having it look clean for these purposes is part of her job. Like she was fully owning that. And it was, it was probably my favorite post she's ever done. And she does great stuff. She's always really authentic, but it was just so real and honest and just it acknowledged that the perfection isn't the reality. Right. Right. Yes. And that is so important that people kind of strive for that perfection and not realizing that it isn't a reality. And it's good when those posts do happen. And that's why I try on my platform, try to be transparent. I see a lot of people mm-hmm. that are, we're showing the good moments, the struggle moments, everything. Cause it's really just encouraging and letting people know that you're not in this alone. Just because I'm doing this business, this podcast, whatever you see me post, I have real life issues. Things bother me the same way. There is no perfection over here. And I think the more that we come from behind that veil of perfection on social media and show those other not so pretty highlights, I think the more people will feel that welcoming and that encouragement to kind of see like, okay, I'm not alone. And if I do have dreams and goals inside of me, look at Jillian, look at Luan. They're doing work in mom life all this craziness, but yet they still do the podcast and are still pursuing their passions. And we're kind of mm-hmm. opening up that door for other mothers to say, Hey, if they can do it, then I can do it also. A hundred percent. And it's okay to not be okay, but to know how to overcome it. Right. Exactly. Okay. So speaking of overcoming it, let's, let's go a little bit further. What are some more of the things that moms can do to kind of process and get through this, this trap? 
So another thing I would say is to be present in the moment. So Mm. a lot of times there's so much happening. As we know, we just talked about social media. There's always notifications going off. There's always a new update, (laughs) YouTube, whatever you want to call it. All these platforms out here, there is always something happening. And I think we have lost that sight to where people put their phones down. And I know that's still Mm -hmm. a trouble in my household and my family where it's like, okay, let's watch a movie. But when you look around and we're watching a movie, especially (laughs) with preteens and teenagers, everyone's on their phone. And it's Mm -hmm. like, we're not taking that time to be present in the moment. But I feel if we learn to silence our distractions, we learn to focus, we put our phones on do not disturb, and we really make the most of those moments that matter to us and really spend that family time or be intentional in the time that we're spending with our children and our family, that we'll see that those moments that we set up those boundaries and kind of step away after we've spent our time with our family and we need to step away to do something for business work, whatever it may be, we'll find that by being present in the moment and giving our all in that moment, it kind of, to me, started to relieve that guilt because I knew that I gave my all in that moment. Everyone Mm. had my attention so I could reason to myself that it's okay for me to go and work on my podcast, work on my business because I just sat and watched this movie or I just sat and played this game. I paid attention, had conversation and kind of start to still flipping that script of, okay, now it's okay for me to walk away and do this. And it's crazy that we have to justify that to ourselves, but in the moms that we are, we need those kind of moments to kind of justify to ourselves why we're doing the things that we're doing. Mm -hmm. It's so true. It is. And another thing is just kind of like, stop trying to do it all. And I think it's great that you brought up that post by Jillian, because it's like, is it was it Jillian? Yeah, her name's Jillian too. <laughs> I thought you said Jillian, but yeah. yeah. But it's great that you brought up that post because it shows that it shows behind the veil. And so many people try mm-hmm. to be superwoman. We try to be super mom, and it's like we're not a superhero. No matter how much we want to be, no matter how much we want to do it all, we can't. And that pulls in the importance of what she showed by using your support system, sharing those responsibilities, getting your kids involved. As I tell people, even the youngest child that's walking may not be able to talk, can pick up a toy and put it in a bin. So then Mm -hmm. you're kind of not feeling like you have to do it all by yourself. And really the younger that you start involving your kids in helping you with the responsibilities, involving those around you and your support system, then it's not so much of a shock. Because for me, I waited. I was doing so much trying to be super mom for so many years of my kids' lives early Mm -hmm. on that when I started pulling back and giving them more responsibilities and taking back some of my time. It was like this culture shock, like, wait, what are you doing? You've always been here. Yeah. Then you're not going to do this. You've always done that. So if you can, my, my advice is that if you have younger kids, start figuring out ways to involve them in the activities you have going on, even if it's helping you with your business or help having you helping you clean up or whatever fun moments you can think of, just start involving them in what you have going on. That also that may help ease that mom guilt that you may feel if you're stepping away or if you're focusing on something else. Awesome. Awesome. It, yeah, it's, we started chores with our kids. We probably didn't do the like transitional chores when they were little, little, like the easier ones that they could have done at, you know, between four and seven. And so it wasn't until they were, you know, nine, 10, 11, 12 ish between the two of them. Cause my kids are almost, thir- almost 11 and 13, same as yours. Okay. Wow. And, um, so now they feed the cats and they do the dishes, but it is still a bit of a struggle because it was like this thing that we then all of a sudden imposed upon them. 
Yes. You know, as opposed to something they had just always done grown up doing. Yeah. Right. So yeah, it's uh very, very good advice to start them early. If you can, if, if you are you listening can. to this and you have littles start them early. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you don't have little, if you're like we are when we start, cause I probably started my girls around the same cause I was mm-hmm. doing everything. So they probably started around nine, 10. Um, yeah 13 year old and it was a just an adjustment and still is sometimes so yep. <laughs> even if your kids are older it, it's not too late just start giving them things and it's going you're going to meet resistance it's going to be oh, hard yeah. people are going to be upset but everyone starts to adjust to it you just have to get through those hard times because not only we have to think of it our kids are not going to be kids forever one day they're going to grow up and hopefully they have kids of their own or whatever their path may be even if they're just living as a single person they should know how to clean up after themselves, do their mm-hmm. dishes, make food. So kind of think of it that way. So even if you do have teenagers that you may still be doing everything around the house, start giving them some responsibilities because one, you should have help because you don't have mm-hmm. to do it all, especially when you have willing and able bodies. Well, they may not be willing, but <laughs> able-bodied individuals in your house that can help you. You don't have to do it by yourself. So yes, it's going to be hard. You're going to be met with resistance, but it is worth it. And believe me, everyone does adjust. And Mm -hmm. even once they adjust, you still get attitudes because they may not feel like doing it. But it's up to you as the mother to set them up for the best future. So if you need help from your kids or anyone in your house, it's never too late to get it. It's so true. We refer to it as a team. Like we say, guys, we're a team and we we all have a part in the success of our family. And so, you know, for our family to work super well, we all need to take a piece of this. And so your job is feeding the cats and you're, you know, like that type of thing. So um, that sort of shared responsibility as opposed to you have to do this and it almost feels like a penalty to have to do a chore. It's, it's, we are, we all share in the success of our family, right? Right. Yes, we most certainly do. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so oh, we have overcome mom guilt, yes. and now we think, okay, now I can pursue my dream. Sort of, where would you say a mom should start? In starting to pursue your dreams, I really think that you have to again, it's about self reflection. So that first step is going to be asking yourself a question that I found very hard to answer: What do you mm. like to do? What yes. do I like to do? When I first started on this, after I dealt with the mom guilt and the bitterness and being miserable and kind of reclaiming my time. So after I went through all the mess and it was time to pursue my dreams and feel like, hey, what do I like to do? I had to ask myself, what do I like to do? And that was like a hard question to answer Mm -hmm. because I had long ago lost sight of what I like to do because I could tell you in a second what my kids like to do at that time. Mm -hmm. But what did I like to do? So it really took me sitting back and really getting reflective. And a lot of it goes back to what did you enjoy doing when you were younger? Mm Because a lot of us find our passions early on. If you're like creative, artist, writing, whatever your path may be, a lot of us find that thing that brings us joy early on, but then we lose sight of it in life. So sit back and think about what things that I like to do when I was younger. So that's a great starting part. What What do I like to do? Do I still like to do that? Is that something I would like to make a future of? I mean, these days you can make a career out of anything. That's the great thing about the internet. Mm -hmm. 
another place to look is your skill set. So say if you are a working mom and you want to do a business on the side, or one day you want to be a full-time entrepreneur, or if you're a stay-at-home mom who has been giving everything to your kids and now you decide that you want to do something more, then think about what skill sets do you have? A lot of our skill sets that we use in our jobs or in other areas can now transfer over into pursuing our passion. So we can take those skills that we have from work. Maybe it's like administrative skills and you Mm -hmm. can do a virtual assistant business and you're finding that fulfillment because it brings you joy to get someone to um, email inbox zero. Like that's not me, but I know a lot of people (laughs) who have built virtual assistant business and they are helping people because they love going through emails and getting people to inbox zero. Mm -hmm. And those people are great. The world needs them. That's not me, but there are things like those things that bring you passion, those things that you enjoy, joy, those things you do for yourselves that you may take for granted that others may need that also. So it's just really, really the simple things in life can bring us so much joy. And it's about deciding what do you like to do and asking yourself that question. Okay. What do I like to do? And what would I like to be doing five years from now? Love it. Awesome. Okay. And you don't just work with working moms, right? Like if you had a mom come to you that has been a stay at home mom and is like, I want something more and I don't know what that is. You would work with individuals as well, right? Yes. I work with all moms. I even work with women. You don't have to be a mom. It's just that I am a working mom. So a lot of the things that I talk about my mm-hmm. messages come from that experience. But when we look at motherhood, when we look at the experience of women, a lot of it crosses over. It's just that my overall message is always going to relate back to motherhood. But I've had clients that aren't moms. Um, mm. You don't have to be a working mom. As I say, all moms are welcome. All people are welcome. If mm-hmm. it's something you can resonate with, then definitely I can help you because mindset issues owning your time and really pursuing your passion is something that's universal. So you don't have to be a working mom. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Okay. I have one more question before I start to ask sort of the ones that I ask everybody, but you mentioned earlier about setting boundaries. So as being a step for how to sort of overcome that mom guilt, how do you recommend you know, the moms that say yes to everything, they volunteer for the PTA or the PAC, they, you know, they are the people pleasers. How do you recommend they start setting those boundaries to sort of get that time back and, you know, own their own time? I'm so glad you asked this question. So Mm -hmm. one thing that I like to do with my clients, and I even have shown on my podcast and talked about in other areas, is it's called what's on your plate. So you actually Mm. get a plate, and you write down, like, it's like a brain dump. What all What all do you have going on in all areas of your life? So family, work, outside responsibilities, everything that you're doing on any given day, get a plate and write all of those things down on that plate. And what you will see is that the plate looks a hot mess. You're all <laughs> over the place. You have so many things that are on that plate. And really you're looking at like, okay, how do I get all this done? So then once you have your plate, I tell people to look at their plate and see, okay, what is non-negotiable? What do I have Mm -hmm. to do? So you have to work, you have to feed your kids, you have to do so many things. What are the non-negotiables? And then you look at the things that, okay, I'm doing this because I like to do it, so I'm going to keep that. Or you look at things and say, why am I doing this? I may not need that. So once you can really get that visual and see what you have on your plate, From there, you can kind of start to set the boundaries around your time and around your energy. So you know that, okay, I have to work. So 
I have a boundary around work. I have to work from such and such hour to whatever that hour may be. But when work is over, that's it. I'm disconnecting and I'm moving on to something else. Or you set another boundary as to what you will and won't allow inside your life. It's really about just looking at what you have and saying, okay, this is a bound, this is a parameter I'm setting up, a boundary I'm setting up. I am not willing to let anyone cross it. It's a non-negotiable. It'll become a non-negotiable in your life because you know where you stand, you know what you have going on, and you know that if you want to pursue your dreams or reach your goals, you're putting these boundaries in place for a reason. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. It's I find there always has to be sort of that switch that gets flipped for people to be ready though, to set those boundaries or to do this work. Right. Because it's not just like, okay, I'm dealing with it. Everything's fine. And all of a sudden, boom, I need to set some boundaries. Like, you know, there's, there's often all, I would say almost always some sort of pivotal moment where it's either burnout or just like you hit rock bottom overwhelm or you, you know, you just, need something to shift that you are ready for that conversation on how to set those boundaries, you know? And I mean, that can be for any habit change, really. That can be for weight loss. That can be for, you know, prioritizing sleep after you've been, you know, neglecting your sleep for years and years and years, you know, it can be anything, but for setting boundaries and for protecting your own time and putting yourself first, I, it's a shame that we have to hit that sort of that point where there's no other option. It really is. And it's a shame that, but like you said, that's with so many of life's things that we have to hit that point in order for us to want to make that shift. And that's really with anything, but I definitely agree. It's even a mindset in itself to say, I'm going to make this shift because I want more, I'm going to set these boundaries. So it's really a lot comes back to mindset. Mindset yeah. really is in everything that we do because you have to have a certain mindset to get to the point to where you can set boundaries. But yes. you don't get to that mindset until you go through something that kind of forces you to have that belief. It's so true. I, I'm My hope is from episodes like this and from hearing from you that moms listening might go, oh, Oh, I actually have that. You, you know, like I sh- I need to do that. You know, it's sort of something that triggers for them and that really resonates and connects and and that they are they are driven to to want to make that change without having to hit rock bottom. <laughs> so and that is my hope too. And that's why of doing these interviews and I'm thankful that you were let me come on your show, show and have this conversation. Even in doing my own podcast, I believe having these conversations, that's what I want to work towards. To going through and letting people know what I experienced and giving yeah. them that helped me in hopes that people may recognize, okay, I may be feeling some of this right now. I may not be at rock bottom or I may not be going totally insane or feel completely overwhelmed, but I am feeling this resonate with me and I'm feeling a little bit of this right now. Mm-hmm. So I hope that they feel that little bit by listening to your podcast, like yours podcast, like mine and hearing these messages, like you just said, it's enough to say, okay. I need to start doing some work. I need to reach out to someone and talk to them, figure out how to start this, or really just keep listening to more podcasts, however Mm -hmm. it works for them, so that we can kind of stop these moms from reaching these points where they're at the bottom and have to come all the way back up. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. 
awesome. I love it. Okay. So I'm going to switch into some of the questions that I ask most of my guests because I love hearing the answers and every single one is different. So it's always fascinating. The first one is how do you define balance if you do define balance at all for yourself and your family? Oh, that is a great question because again, along with my working guilt or with the mom guilt, I always tell people that balance is also a lie. (laughs) So really to me, balance is individual. So I think Mm. a lot of us think of balance as we have the scale with the two equal measures and everything is just balanced and working together and it's all even keel. But that is not reality. To me, balance is a state of being. So Mm -hmm. if I have everything in my life that I from my plate, I figured out this, these are the things that matter to me. So if I am actively working on each one of those, I recognize that one may require more of my attention at one time than another time, but it's all working together kind of like a harmony and it's flowing in sync. So it's not so much having everything balanced, but it's really a state of being a feeling and knowing that I am prioritizing. I have my boundary set and I am giving attention where it is required that day or in that moment. But not, but just because I'm not pouring my attention into something else doesn't mean that it's slighted. So mm-hmm. that balances to me, that state of being, that feeling that everything is flowing and working in harmony doesn't mean it's perfect, but it's enough to get by and peaceful and in sync. I love it. You just gave me the most beautiful visual oh, wow. of, of harmony because all of a sudden I got this sense of multiple voices or notes coming in at one time to make amazing music. And then as needed, those notes or those voices would drop away and drop away. And maybe you end up with only one voice continuing to sing and then more come in as that voice needs to take a breath. You know what I mean? Like, am I describing this right? Like it just, you you nailed it. Yeah. Like that just, I was like, Oh, the song can keep going. Yes, it can keep but, going. And you don't yeah. have to lose. Yeah, the song is still going on and it's still a beautiful song. But yeah. everything is everything's playing its part and working together to make that beautiful song. So yes, you nailed it with that. I love that. I that I mean, I have heard, you know, I don't know how many definitions of balance in doing this podcast. And that is the first time it's ever been spoken that way. And that that thank you for that. That is gonna stick with me. I love that. You're welcome. All right. Do you make time for self-care and what does that look like to you? Yes. So self-care is my number one priority. Amazing. I reached that point, like I said, of talking about burnout, overwhelm. Mm-hmm. I reached that point once and I never yeah. want to go back there. So back when I started on my personal development journey, I also became determined to make myself a priority. So Self-care for me is every day and it's really different depending on the day. So lately I have been walking in the morning before I start my day. So that's been working for me, but also my other forms of self-care include sitting and doing nothing because I'm always doing something. And some people (laughs) like to call it, I always get in a conversation with friends are like, so you're relaxing. I'm like, no, you call it relaxing. I call it doing nothing because to me, when you say relaxing, that still sounds like I'm doing something. Yeah. There's an outcome. Yes. So in my mind, so that there's no expectation of anything, I like to say I do nothing because then I'm not expecting an outcome. I'm not Mm -hmm. actively doing anything. So I say, I love to do nothing on those days. And also another favorite self-care practice of mine is reading a book and having my favorite 
whether it's tea or coffee, whatever it is, that's my guilty pleasure. Like I will go to Starbucks on a Saturday, be like, okay, I know I worked out all week. I know I watched what I was eating, but I am going to get this Frappuccino today and I'm going to enjoy it. So self-care for me looks different, but yes, it is definitely a priority for me each and every day. I love it. Okay. This is my favorite question. What is the biggest lesson you have learned as a mom? Wow. That is a great question. I don't think anyone's ever asked me that. Awesome. Let's see. So I would say the biggest lesson I have learned is that every child is different Mm. and each child will present its own sense of adventure, if I want to call it that, unique experiences. Mm -hmm. But just because you have to handle each child differently, it doesn't make you any less than a mother. So I Mm. think that a lot of moms feel that because I parented one child a certain way, I have to parent all my other children that same way. But what you find is each child has a different personality. So what worked for one child is not necessarily going to work for another. So I know for me, when I had my three kids and they were all uh, navigating life and I'm learning their personalities, it was just like this kind of, I started feeling bad because I was realizing I had to parent each child differently. And I'm like, okay, am I being a bad mom? Because I'm doing one thing one way with one child and another with another mm. child, but then you realize that each child has their own set of needs. So you would be doing a disservice to that child if you try to parent them like you do the other one. So I think that mm. was one of the biggest adjustments I had to make. And one of the biggest lessons I learned is that it's okay to parent each child differently because each one has a unique set of circumstances and it doesn't make you a good mom or a bad mom just because you have to parent each child differently. That's huge. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. It's in, and it's different from consistency of like house rules, you know, right. where there are things that are non-negotiable in your family, but the parenting itself, that's a, that's a huge lesson. Thank you. Yes. That's awesome. All right. How can our listeners connect with you? The podcast is called more than a mother. Where are all of the other places that they can follow you and connect with you? Okay, so you can find me on Instagram and also on Facebook. So my personal or my business page is Lawan Moses, and I'm sure you'll link to that in the show yeah, notes. Yeah, I will, for sure. And then my podcast page on Instagram and Facebook is at More Than A Mother Podcast. So I love to hang out there. And I am also on LinkedIn as Lawan Moses and also Twitter. So you can really find me on any social media platform. And depending <laughs> on how I'm feeling that week, I may be more active than another, but I am all around and it's easy. You can find me at LaVon Moses or at More Than a Mother Podcast. Perfect. I will link to all of the places so that oh, people you. can find you where in their platform of choice. Yes. Thank you. That is awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I feel like we are so aligned in so much of what we believe, what we you know, experience day to day and what we share. And I just, I've loved this conversation. Thank you so much for having me and letting me just share my story and share my message. And I am truly just honored to have been here today. All right, mamas, that's it for today. For more info about this episode, you can check out the show notes at momcamplife.com slash podcast. Hang out with us on Instagram at momcamplife. And if you love this episode, please share it with your friends. Thank you so much for tuning in and join us next time around the campfire.